Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Andrew Capobianco. I'm an Olympic silver medalist from 2020 this year, and I'm also a fifth-year senior at IU, and I'm excited to be talking with you guys today. And I am Aaron Rooney. And I'm Heath Calhoun. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. We're super honored that you're willing to take the time to, uh, to meet with us and just talk some diving, and hopefully uh, we'll have a bunch of listeners that will be excited as well. Um, you know, just to start off, I guess – you know, you say Olympic silver medalist and me and Aaron are grinning ear to ear because we're so happy for you. But what's that like for you? Yeah, it's it's been a crazy whirlwind um, the past like five weeks or so. Um, it's finally sunk in for sure. Um, the first few weeks, it really didn't sink in. Um, I was kind of just like, wow, what just happened? But um, I mean, it's a dream come true. It's something that I've been dreaming of um, since I was really young, since I started diving and even since I started gymnastics when I was nine. So um, it's crazy. And I'm just excited that I get to share this experience with um, all the listeners and as well as all of um, my friends and family back home have been kind of cheering me on and supporting me for all these years. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and uh, for those of you who might not know, Andrew obviously won the synchro event with his teammate michael hickson so talk about that dynamic you and michael how does the how does the team work what's the difference between competing individually and synchro just kind of go into some details on the on the synchro and and uh, michael hickson as your synchro partner yeah so i'll kind of start from the beginning but um me and mike started doing synchro in 2018 um that was kind of the beginning of 2018 that was after um sam his previous partner who they won or they won a silver medal together in 2016. Um, Sam had retired and Mike was kind of looking for a new synchro partner. And there I was young old me uh, sitting there at the pool, just kind of trying to get better every day and looking up to Mike. And um, it was pretty cool. They just drew and Mike kind of came up to me um, and had me sit in a meeting. And um, they said that they thought that I had the potential to, to get up there with Mike and try some synchro and um it was great from really the very start. I think that when I got to IU, Drew kind of modeled my diving around Mike's um, with hopes maybe that one day we would do synchro. Um, also, Mike just had great diving, so it was a pretty good person to model it around. But yeah, um, so it was pretty natural from the start because obviously I, I had him to look up to for my first uh, about year and a half there before we started doing synchro. Um, and then, yeah, our first competition, we actually got – a score that was I think four points under their silver medal performance in 2016 so that was a pretty good start for us and I actually don't know if we ever reached that score again which is pretty crazy I think at the Olympics we were just about on it but um yeah so it's a pretty great dynamic I mean it's kind of cool to have that that younger diver me kind of um coming up in the ranks with a veteran like Mike and I just had so much to learn from him and I never really dove synchro before diving with him so um he taught me a lot about diving synchro as well as um competing he's one of the best competitors in our sport and uh it's kind of like no matter how he dives in practice i can pretty much always count on him going in straight with a rip in the meet so it's pretty cool um to have that by your side but yeah it was just i couldn't really ask for a better synchro partner to lead into my first olympics and um yeah obviously we got we got the silver medal done it was it was really exciting and I'm, i'm glad that i was able to help him get that second medal in his, uh, in his toolbox there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, obviously there's a ton of hours and a ton of dedication and, you know, sacrifices that you have to make to essentially be an Olympian. And then not only that, just to take home an Olympic silver medal. 
take us through your journey, you know, your age group journey, choosing IU, and then ultimately, you know, training for trials and, and all the whole step of the way. Take us, take us back, take us through everything. Yeah. So like I said previously, I started um, with gymnastics when I was nine. I um, tried a bunch of different sports when I was younger. I wasn't really the the classic sports type of guy. I, I, I didn't like football, basketball, baseball. My dad was a baseball player and tried to get me to play baseball. And I, I really did not like it. Um, <laughs> so gymnastics, I found my love for um, flipping and twisting. And um, I had a really great coach in there. Um, uh, his name was Kieran. Um, and I lived in New York at the time. So I started gymnastics there. And then uh, two years into doing gymnastics, I went on a field trip to a uh, town pool in Wonton, New York, where I was from. And I was doing my gymnastics uh, flips off the board as I thought that they were. And the diving coach there came up to me and she was like, oh, you must be a diver. And I was like, no, I'm a gymnast. What's diving? Um, and so uh, she asked me to join the diving team. And I went home and asked my parents. And my dad was actually a little bit um, unsure about it because he didn't really know what diving was either. Um, diving is not a huge sport in New York. And um, so, like I said, he played baseball, but yeah, so he was like, well, why don't we just stick with gymnastics? But, um, I was kind of stubborn and I, so I went and asked my mom as most kids do, if you get the no from <laughs> one parent to the next. And so I went and asked my mom and she was like, yeah, sure. Like, why don't we try it? So, um, then I started it and that summer. And as soon as I kind of started doing it and my dad saw what it was, he, uh, fell in love with the sport as well. He's the biggest diving fan. I think I know, but, um, so yeah, I did that for the summer and then um, kind of saw that there was some potential there. So I joined a USA diving club. It was the Long Island Divers in um, Long Island, New York uh, with George Taylor. And, um, and that was kind of my start of my diving career. And um, he really gave me such a great base and, and such a great um, just level of love for the sport. He was so passionate about it. And um, I'm really thankful for everything that he did for me and um, at that point I was diving with him for a little bit and I actually started going to camps at Duke university, um, which is where me and Heath met, um, <laughs> yeah. but a little later in life, but, um, I started going to camps at Duke university and, um, Drew was the coach at Duke at that time, Drew Johansson. Um, I kind of loved his coaching style and, and his, uh, view of the sport. And, um, so I used to go to camps with him all the time. Um, I was a regular there and, um, I kind of through those years, I, I think I was going to his camps for two years. Um, and then he kind of sat me down and I was kind of young at the time. So he more sat my dad down and said, um, if Andrew does want to pursue a career in diving and, and really does have that Olympic dream, why don't you guys, um, think about moving to North Carolina and he can train with me and, um, see where he can go. And so, um, we sat down as a family and, it really, the, the whole move to North Carolina, not just for my diving, but for my whole family made a lot of sense. And so, um, my older brother wanted to be a vet and NC state vet school is there. And, um, my twin brother just really loved North Carolina, wanted to be there. So made sense for the whole family. And we upped and got ready to move and Drew got the job at IU as we were moving. So, um, I actually was never coached by Drew, um, in North Carolina when we moved there, um, my coach was Nunzio Esposto, who is um, still the Duke coach right now, um, as well as Katie Hazleton, who's now at Pitt. And um, I really couldn't have asked for two better coaches through my junior career. I, um, yeah, it was it was amazing. They 
they got me my first national championship and and that first national championship i actually won all three boards which was kind of a crazy like jump onto the scene no one really knew who i was and um yeah it was pretty cool so then after that um that was kind of where um it sparked a little bit of more of that olympic dream i kind of saw that it could become a reality for me and so um you know worked really hard for the next few years um I had a few more junior national championships in there. I was more of a platform diver when I was younger. So, um, had a lot of, had a lot of, um, like platform success. Didn't really have too much success on the springboard actually. Um, until I got to college. So, um, when I was looking at colleges, I kind of knew that I wanted to go to IU since I was kind of chasing drew for my whole (laughs) junior career. And, um, once I got here on campus, I, I knew that it was the place for me where it, it was the perfect team and the perfect, um, atmosphere just for me to get better, um, as well as just a great academic school and, um, a beautiful campus. So, and yeah, then a few years here and here I am an Olympic silver medalist and it's pretty crazy to think, but that's kind of the rundown of my whole, uh, diving career. That's pretty incredible. Um, just kind of how things worked out. Like you said, chasing Drew and, you know, being blessed to have Nunzio and Katie there to fill that void when he got to IU. Cause he, even when we interviewed Drew from Tokyo, you know, similar to interviewing you, Aaron and I were very uh, starstruck. I would say we're like, we are interviewing Drew Johansson from Tokyo. <laughs> like what the right. heck? But, um, you know, super lucky, like Katie and Nunzio are great coaches, but I kind of want to take a look at the other side of it where, it seems like every step along the way in your career, especially since moving to Duke, you've always had not only yourself as an elite level student athlete, but you always had elite level teammates. You know, right. can you can you walk us through what that's like, how that helps you? Um, you know, just from our brief conversation so far, it's very apparent you are a competitor. And so I bet that helped, but um, maybe walk us through that, you know, let our listeners know who some of your teammates were throughout your junior experience. And then now at IU as well. Right. Yeah, no, I was very lucky my whole junior career. I always kind of had um, an amazing team behind me to push me every day in the pool. And especially when I moved to Duke, um, we had such a strong men's team there. I was on a team when I first moved there, James Brady, Aaron Daniels, Freeman. Um, they were, they were really top notch, um, national divers always up in that final. And then, um, whenever, whenever I was there for a year, Jordan Wendell moved to, to Duke and we got to train together for, uh, I think three years. Um, so he was obviously multiple time national champion and, and really, um, seeing the way that he trained and and seeing his success definitely made me hungry for that same success. Um, and Max Showalter was also my teammate. He went to Purdue and, um, is an Olympic trials finalist, I believe. And, uh, we also dove a little bit of synchro when we were younger and, um, lived together. So he's one of my best friends, but yeah, I, I mean, from Duke and then coming to IU, um, it was actually a little bit weird when I first got here because, um, my last year at Duke, like I was saying, all those great divers were on the team, but I was the youngest of them. And so they had all graduated. And then I was kind of the, the top guy at Duke. And I was a little bit used to that, like kind of walking around feeling good about myself. And um, then I stepped into this pool and there was three Olympians on the team and two of them were medalists. And I was like, hmm, okay, I'm not the best anymore. <laughs> um, and, and that's good. You know, you want that, you want that um, person to chase in the pool as well as um, to learn from. And I really could not have asked for 
um, better teammates when I first got here to learn from. They were they welcomed me with open arms and um, really taught me everything I know as as far as diving as well as um, just leadership. And I'm really grateful to have them um, be there for me in the beginning of kind of my my collegiate career. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? I guess I kind of circle back. Like you mentioned it about Michael Hicks, and I think maybe one of the biggest things that sticks out as a fan is like, he, he strikes me as someone that hates to lose more than he likes to win. Right. Like you <laughs> see him miss a Like what is the, maybe the biggest thing like that you have been able to learn from him in your time as a teammate and your time as a synchro partner? Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned from him is just intention every single day at practice. Um, for me, I would kind of go to practice some days if I wasn't feeling good and I'd be like, well, all right, like this dive didn't go too well. It's, it's fine. I'll do it better tomorrow. And, um, for Mike every day at practice, I think that, um, he was looking to do every dive perfect. And, um, it was kind of good for me because I'm obviously like we were talking about a pretty competitive person as well, but I wasn't as competitive in the practice setting. And I think that he kind of brought that out of me a little bit more. Um, when I saw him hit a dive in practice, I was like, dang it, I have to hit a dive now. Like, <laughs> Um, and so I think that that was the biggest thing is just intention and, and trying to be perfect in practice, like you would be in the competition. Um, and then I think when it comes to competition, the biggest thing that I learned is no matter how your practices are going, um, you're obviously trying to be your best in practice, but no matter how it's going, you know, how to do those dives, um, really well. And I think that he showed me time and time again, that no matter how practice is going, you can get in that meet and score nines on all of your dives. If you're, if you're in the right headspace and um, just seeing him be able to do that every day was really um, pretty special. And um, I think that it gave me a lot of confidence when we did start doing synchro. That's awesome. So, and then so this, oh, go ahead, Aaron, sorry. Real, real quick, Heath, this is really funny. Uh, Todd from Santa Clara diving club just posted a couple of video clips of you at, <laughs> NCAAs yeah. it <laughs> right. just kind of it brought me back to like the battle between you and Jordan Wendell and Juan Hernandez like I just remember watching that three meter contest at uh where was that that was Greensboro um, Greensboro yep. that's right and I just I'm screaming at the TV <laughs> for all you guys because it was like this guy hits a dive this guy's got more DD he's hitting that oh so like I just want to say thank you because that was so <laughs> fun to watch <laughs> Eggs. Yeah, that was, that was a really fun competition. Um, I was definitely a little bit, I had like a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was a little bit angry after one meter. Um, cause I kind of went into one meter and I was, I was hoping to do a little bit better than I did. And so, um, I went into that three meter pretty hungry to, to do well. And, um, it was exciting. I love, I love the type of competition where people are hitting dives one after another. So obviously I won the prelim and so I was going last and I, I heard the dives before me, but I had to stay in my own zone. Um, so it was, it was pretty crazy um, going into that one Oh nine. I really think that like I came out of the water afterwards. I told Drew, I like fully like blacked out, I think in the air, like I just like hit the board and I, then I hit the water. I don't really remember what happened in the air and <laughs> it came up and I, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> what I loved from that competition that, um, you can see, and it's kind of been me and Jordan through our whole Jordan or through our whole junior careers is we've been such great competitors. Um, but we're also just so supportive of each other. And you can see when I hit that final dive, he, he's kind of like, 
wow and then you know claps and and we were just so happy for each other and obviously um i was really happy for him on one meter and yeah it's been a really great um thing having us two kind of come up together and um being competitors but also really good friends yeah it looks like you're gonna have one more year of getting to compete against each other at the collegiate level so uh Right. I can promise Aaron and I will be screaming at the TV. Super excited to watch. I'm going <laughs> to try. Up. Yeah. I'm going to try so hard to be there. Like I want to be <laughs> on deck. I don't care in what, what capacity I'm there. Like, I just want to like be there in the presence, just watching. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, you know, and kind of one of my, one of the questions I was really excited to ask you is, can you talk to us about the culture at Indiana? You know, it's not just a culture in the last, you know, eight years with Drew. This is like 50 years in the making. And you said something that Aaron and I took away from our interview with Drew, where we got off and we always call each other after every single interview. And like, what do you think? And the number one thing that I took away was Drew, everything that man does is with a purpose, everything. Like, you know, we asked the question, favorite drill. He's like, 10 jumps on trampoline straight, 10 tuck, 10 pike, like with a purpose, knowing what you're doing. And I'm like, everything he does, and you use the word intention and that stuck out. But, you know, walk us through what that culture is like and and how you teach that to younger athletes as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just from the moment that you step on the pool deck. And that's, like I said, that's kind of the reason that I came here was that that culture. But you step on the pool deck and there's those banners all over the wall of, of the greats that came before you. I mean, we have huge pictures of the greats and also just these banners that show how many Olympians, Olympic medalists and NCAA champions. And um, it's just, I mean, it gives me the chills to even just think about that. Like I'm a part of that tradition and that legacy because um, it's just an amazing, amazing legacy. And so I think that that is what really drives our team um, to do our to do what we do. Um, we want to just uphold that culture that you were talking about because um, obviously it's been like you said going on for so long, and you don't want to be the people who kind of come in and drop the ball. So, um, but it's just inspiring, and um, like I, I I've kind of been talking to some of the swimmers about it too. But it's not just the diving culture; it's it's the culture in the whole pool and. Um, coming in, we see our swimmers be, um, we see our swimmers training as hard as they possibly can every single day. And, um, we kind of, we want to do the same thing. And, and obviously in Tokyo, I think we had 15 swimmers and divers. Um, oh my God, it's amazing. You just, you just walk in the pool and there's greatness going on everywhere around you. And, and you kind of just feel like you need to uphold that. So, um, it's been amazing to be a part of, and it's definitely, um, what's driving me to hopefully keep on going. Awesome. What's, what's really cool for me is I have heard overwhelmingly from others that uh, Mike Hickson's a great mentor, great role model to you. Now I'm kind of seeing and, and, and hoping that this trend continues with you towards maybe another national champion upcoming on the IU team, Carson Tyler. So how does that relationship work between, you know, you and Mike, and then also now you hopefully kind of bringing up these young guns as well? Right. I'm, I'm really excited to kind of step into that role. I think that when I came in, I had Mike as well as James Connor, who was an Australian Olympian two times. Um, and they were some of the best leaders and the best role models that I could have asked for. And so I've seen the best and I know kind of what it's like. And so I'm hoping that I can uphold that type of, um, culture that we were talking about, but, um, 
so Carson as well as Quinn, um, Quinn Henninger, they've, they've both got here. Um, and I haven't really been at the pool too much because I'm taking some time off, but I'm really excited to start training with them and, um, start kind of mentoring them to, to come up to the elite level. Um, they both have obviously amazing talent and, um, we're just really excited for them to get here, but, um, it's really cool already just kind of seeing, um, some of the questions that they have or, or just kind of walking them through some stuff. I'm, I'm really excited to be in that role and I'm hoping that, um, that I can help them walk through it. Perfect. All right. So I'm going to segue to this. It's very clear when you're in a competition, you have just an absolute game face. You know, you're, you're a fun, loving guy. You're, you're really easy to talk to. And then I see you on TV. I see you at NCAAs. I see you at the Olympics. And it is like, all right, it's game time. What do you do to kind of turn that on and off? Do you have exercises? Do you, how do you practice being in a competition at the highest level? So for me, um, kind of going back to what we were talking about with intention at practice, I have some practices where I go in with the thought that I'm kind of competing that day or, or that I'm trying to have the competition mindset. So um, it's kind of just like a switch that I try to turn on and off. And like you said, most of the time, I'm pretty fun loving outgoing and I like to talk to people. But um, during those practices, my teammates kind of know to um, not really not, not to not go near me, but don't really <laughs> try to talk to me very much. I'm kind of in the zone and just trying to work on what I need to work on. And so I think that that translates really well to when I try to do that in the meet, because um, if I didn't train that, and if I didn't practice doing that, then when you get to the meet and you try to do that, it's not going to work very well because you're not used to it. Um, so that was something, and I wasn't always like that. I think that that was another thing that I kind of learned from Mike. He's also kind of the same way. And it works really well for him and everyone has a different style of competing. So um, that might not work for you, but for me um, getting a little angry and not really wanting to talk to anyone works for me. Um, it just helps me focus a little bit more on what I'm doing. So um, yeah, definitely just training it um, in, in practice is pretty important to me, I think, to, to get ready to do that in a competition. Cool. That's awesome. So, so looking back, um, you know, I feel confident you've probably already had some of these discussions with drew or even sat down by yourself, you know, looking back at your experience from Tokyo, what are the things you're going to take away to help get you to that next level um, and help apply it to hopefully going for Paris in uh, 2024? What's next for you? Yeah. So I think that um, for me, my, my first Olympic experience was awesome. Um, I'll kind of go into this a little bit, but um the preparation for my first Olympic experience was very much not what I had expected. Um, at Olympic trials, I was kind of struggling with a back injury pretty bad. Um, by the last day, I really couldn't even put my shoes on in the morning. Um, and so for that three meter individual event, I really um, did not have the mindset that I was going to qualify. Um, I didn't even know if I was going to compete at that point. Um, and Drew kind of brought me in the room and um, he was like, if you are going to compete today, like, at least look like you are going to make it like, and, and that's that game face we were talking about. So, um, showed up with the game face on it went really well, but, um, my back was not feeling very good. And so I got home and I took a week off and then, um, tried to get back to training and I was not, um, able to dive. I, I really was having trouble even moving. I, um, so it was about three weeks of trying to dive, going to practice and it, it didn't really work out. I didn't, I wasn't doing any of my optionals. Um, 
for three weeks. And then finally, um, we kind of made the choice to go to Colorado. Um, I went there, I got an injection in my back, a cortisone injection to try to kind of calm down the pain a little bit and just uh, be able to dive. Um, and then luckily I was able to come home and I got my synchro optionals off one time before getting on the plane for Tokyo in between uh, trials and leaving. So, um, and I didn't do any backs or gainers before leaving to go. And so for me, it was a very stressful time as well as I learned so much about myself and about how gritty I can be and, and how much mental strength I really have. And so I think physically I was not necessarily prepared for going to Tokyo and, and doing as well as I really did at the Olympics in synchro I, individual didn't go as well as I would have wanted, but so physically I wasn't really ready, but mentally I think that me and Drew got me to Drew really got me to a place that, um, that I was able to have good performances. Um, and so when, like you were saying, going back to um, your question of what I would kind of want to change for the future would obviously be to get my body healthy um, and be ready to go physically. I, I think that um, I, I weighed myself before leaving for the Olympics and I lost like 15 pounds um, oh from my training of just muscle. And um, I just wasn't not ready physically to, to be diving. Um, but mentally I was there. And so it, it worked out, but so going forward, um, like I said, I just got back from Colorado, got some testing done and, um, I'm healthy. I'm doing well, going to get back to training soon. But, um, I think that really our preparation was great. We, we were ready to go. Um, I think that nothing really needs to change there except for just trying to keep myself healthy moving forward. And, um, that's, that's the biggest thing is, is physical health as, as well as mental health. And like I said, mentally, I was doing great. Just physically, I was struggling a little bit. <laughs> Talk, talk uh, about, talk a little bit about that back injury. Does it stem from something in the past? Is it just ongoing? Um, so what we kind of came to, I think I've had back injuries before. I think that um, after NCAAs, we kind of made the decision. Uh, me and Drew sat down and um, made the decision to start training that 207. Um, and it was kind of a risk, you know, I, I, I didn't really train it very often before and um we, we just made the decision. We're just going to go all in and train it. And I think I was kind of just training it so much that it started taking a toll on my back because I, I, I wasn't used to doing those motions. The connection into the back um, three and a half is a little bit quicker. And um, sometimes the entries, I got a little archy. And so I think that that was kind of what flared it up a little bit. And um, like, obviously I needed to continue doing back three and a half. I was now competing individual. Um, so yeah, I think that that's kind of what it stemmed from, but I definitely would not regret the decision to do the back three and a half. I'm very happy and proud of the way it went. But um, yeah, I think that that's kind of where it stemmed from. You, you actually led right into my next <laughs> question of 207, the decision that it was to do that dive and, and obviously training that dive. And then the next part, expanding on that, are there any potential new dives that interest you, whether it's triple out or front three and a half full out? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the decision to do 207 – after NCAAs, we were kind of looking at my scores and obviously I had a personal best scored over 500 on three meter, but, um, I think I scored 70 points on 205 and really that was like one of the best 205s that I could have done that. It was one of my worst dives consistently in meets. I think I would either score like 30 points or like 60 points. It would just, 
not not a very great dive and so drew kind of sat me down and was like listen i think that you can do 207 if you hit it you're going to go 75 and if you miss it'll probably be a 40 point miss instead of 30 um and he was like would you rather go to olympic trials and miss a 205b or go to olympic trials and miss a 207 and i was like i would rather miss a 207 because i know that i'm trying to do that next level of dives that i would need to get on the podium at the olympics yep and so um, through it, I had some good 207s in the meet. I had some not so good ones. Um, but I think that going for it and, and showing that I, if, if I did do it as well as I can, as well as the rest of my dives, I did have metal contention there. I think that that was kind of the goal. Um, and it really does lead me into hopefully this next cycle very well. Um, speaking of the next cycle and new dives, I do, I have trained triple out before. I think that that's kind of the next progression for me um, is to get that one a little bit more um, under control and hopefully put that in some meets. Um, it would probably replace the gainer twister because for me, um, double out is a very reliable first dive that goes 85 or 90 if, I, if I'm able to do it clean. Um, so triple, triple out would probably go in there. Um, the front three and a half full twist is, is a little bit intriguing to me. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yes. Um, I might try to lead it up and see how it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, like like I said, we still have three years before the next one, and, and we have a lot of time to kind of play around with stuff. So um, I'm not sure what the next level of dives will look like for me. Obviously, getting that 207 a little bit um, more consistent is the first goal, and then plugging in that triple out, I think, is the next goal there. But um, we'll be playing around and seeing what we can come up with. <laughs> Well, as a, as a fan with zero skin in the game, I totally agree that double out, man, that's, that's such a clutch first dive. Every time you were up, I was like, Oh yeah. First round it's double out. It's, this is going to be good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, so just to circle back, I had two things that I wanted to ask slash comment on one was definitely your relationship with your dad. So, you know, one, um, Santa Clara diving posted a video of Jack law, Jack law doing triple out. And on Facebook, he commented and was like, he actually asked the diving question. He's like, would you take points away? Because he never actually got into the pike position. And someone we uh, interviewed previously, Jason Bauman was like, I actually would take half a point away, but you also pretty much can't get into the pike position if you're going to do triple out. <laughs> um, but what's that mean to you? You know, my fiance and I, my fiance was a diver and we were watching Olympic trials and I will be very honest. You were probably her favorite diver. Cause she loved how your family was just like your dad's like screaming in the stands. And she goes, that has to be a unique relationship. Yeah, it for sure is. I mean, he's been with me through my diving career from the very start. And, um, he's kind of my travel buddy. We never really flew anywhere. So we had long car drive, long car rides. <laughs> Um, together to go everywhere because um, he was always like we can drive we don't need to fly but um, yeah it's just a it's a very cool relationship um, it's kind of funny that you say that on Facebook he's just very active on Facebook and he loves to learn more about the sport um, but obviously like I said he played baseball when he was younger so <laughs> yep. just trying to learn more um, he's, he's always been a very good um, he's always been very good at supporting me without um, being too tough on me or, or kind of stepping too far into into the diving world um and i think that that that's kind of been the perfect mix is is he's he's very supportive but he's never tried to 
to coach me or he's never, I mean, if I have a bad meet, he's, he's right there with me. He's not um, obviously getting mad or anything. And so it's been a great relationship. Um, and so, like I said, yeah, he's kind of been there with me through it all. My mom has kind of been more on the sidelines. Sometimes she needs to stay home um, with the rest of the family or with my dog. So um, she doesn't get to travel as much, but um, I think that it was really, really special and really cool to have my whole family there at Olympic trials. Um, my parents, as well as my twin brother and my older brother. And I don't think my older brother has seen me dive in person in, in like four years. So um, my twin brother is, is I think maybe my biggest fan more than my dad. So he's, he's at every meet. Um, but my older brother is pretty cool to have them, him there as well. That's, that's awesome. And then my, my last question before we jump into our, uh, our end questions here is, you know, you had mentioned it earlier. I think um, before I started going down to Duke and getting to help with camps, I had always known you and Jordan, and I knew you were an elite level diver, but I would say I definitely associated you more with tower diving. So mm -hmm. what was that like whenever you made that, you know, move to IU? And was that a discussion to focus more on springboard? And how did you come to that decision? Yeah, so I actually first have to mention um, Katie Hazleton, who I mentioned mm -hmm. before, Coach Duke. Um, I think that she did such a good job of kind of transitioning me into more of a springboard diver my last year at Duke. She kind of saw the way that my body was changing and how I was kind of growing um, height wise. And also um, my legs were kind of growing into more of like a springboard divers type body. And so um, she had me learn all of the, all of those dives that I needed to be at the top level. I think the only one that I didn't do was 407. I did 109 a few times. Um, and she was making me do some inward triples on one meter. She was kind of nuts in that way where she wanted me to do foot first uh, lead up. So uh, <laughs> some of those never took them up, but so I think that when I got to IU, I, I wasn't sure what Drew was going to do with me, but I had a really good base of uh, three meter skills. And I, and I had all those dives that I kind of needed to, um, to be up at the top level. And so um, my freshman year, um, I was still kind of considered mostly a platform diver um, at NCAAs. I made the A final on three meter, but I got third on platform. So I was, I still did better on platform. Um, and then that summer I went to nationals and um, I went into the nationals with an easier list um, than everyone else. I was doing 107B and 405B um, and it was my first meet competing 307. So I kind of went in with no expectations, but um, I remember Drew sat me down before and he was like, you can make world championships if you have a good meet, like just go in with, with um, big goals and let's see what happens. And after the prelim, I was third. And then in the semi, I had a really uncharacteristic mistake on gainer twister. I almost failed it. And I oh, wow. think I was 12th didn't, or almost didn't make the final. So I was the last person to make the final. Um, and it was, it was, so I competed mixed synchro platform at that, at this yes. nationals. I was competing with Taryn. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a very, very bad mixed synchro meet. We didn't make the, um, the world championships, which was the first goal. That was like, we were making world championships, mixed synchro. And then whatever happened, happened on three meter happened. Um, didn't make it for mixed synchro. And I remember I was on the phone with my mom after my three meter semifinal. And I was like, what, like, why is this happening? Like, I really want to make world championships. <laughs> and, and she was like, you know, like everything happens for a reason. Just trust it. She was like, 
even if you don't uh, go to China, like you'll still hopefully like make a Grand Prix, like try to make the Grand Prix. And I remember for some reason, I'm not like, I usually don't, I'm not an outwardly like confident person. I'm more, I'm confident inside, but I don't like to outwardly kind of say things. And I, and I remember I said on the phone, no, I'm going to China. And she was like, oh, okay, well, let's see it then. <laughs> and the next day in the final, I climbed from, I think cumulatively I was fifth maybe. Um, and I, and I won the nationals. Um, and so I climbed to second cumulatively and I ended up making it to China, but it was just, um, I don't know, it was really cool to, to do that. And that was kind of the point where I was like, okay, maybe, uh, I'm a springboard diver now. And then, um, before we went to China, I learned the 407. Um, so kind of got that dive under my belt. And then after that, it was kind of just, um, me and Drew really didn't like speak of it. It kind of just happened. I just started training more springboard and, um, just made the transition. So, I mean, I think that, um, if you are a tower diver, I would say like starting with tower is always great because you, you kind of get rid of those, some of those fears that you have, um, as well as you just have really good basics, really good come outs. And then moving down to springboard for me, was really good because my body type, it, it just, it was the right move for me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll get into our, uh, our signature questions. First one from me here is what's your favorite failure or just your best learning experience? So my first junior world championships, I was um, competing platform and I was doing a uh, back one and a half, three and a half on 10 meter. Um, I was doing really well in the competition. Uh, I was not really, I didn't go in with any expectations of how I was going to do, but I think I was in fourth place. Um, and the back twister was my best dive. I had scored straight tens on it at nationals that year. Um, my first time scoring 10. So I, I remember getting up on the platform and I was like, I'm going to get tens on this again and I'm going to win. And I went and I squared out at the triple twist and just based, and I almost failed it. I think I got like halves and ones and I was just a, a mess. I was crying like all that. Um, and I remember, so first of all, after the competition was over, Katie made me go right back up and do another one, which was the scariest thing of my life. Um, but it was great because she didn't give me time to think about what just happened. She just made me go up and I, and so I, I wasn't scared to do the dive again, which was great. But I think that the biggest learning experience that I had from that is not to be very outcome driven when you're in the competition and instead just think about one dive at a time and, and think about what you're doing in that moment. Um, I think a lot of times in a competition, um, if you're doing really well, it's easy to kind of snap your mind into that, into that, oh my God, like I could get a medal. Um, and I, and I was there in, in Tokyo. I, I, we were doing well. And I kind of remember my mind went to really quick, like, Ooh, like we're doing well, we can get a medal. And then I was like, no, like get yourself back to where you need to be and do the next dive. And then when the competition's over, we'll see how it goes. Um, so that that's, I think that that is what really taught me, um, kind of to, to be in that mindset for competition. Hmm. That's, yeah. That's I like awesome. that. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite drill to do as an athlete? Um, I like doing 305C out of a hurdle. Um, that is my favorite drill for come out as well as, um, as well as starts on gainers. Um, actually, let me, let me think about an actual like drill. Hmm. Let's see. 
I like, um, I think my favorite drill is two bounces um, because it kind of sets you up to do your hurdles without landing on one leg. Um, and this is something that Drew preaches a lot is the two bounce kind of mimics your hurdle really well. So um, it's the same board timing and it's the same timing with your arms, setting your arms. Um, so for us here at IU, we do a lot of stuff out of two bounces. Um, and I think that it creates a lot of consistency in your hurdles. That's awesome. It's funny you say that because that was Drew's favorite one in the water as well. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, All right. So what is the best advice you have either given to maybe a, another athlete or what is your favorite advice you've received? Um, I think that my favorite advice actually came from Mike. Um, I was kind of a little bit of a head case when I was younger, when it came to twisters. Um, and it was honestly partly because of what happened at junior worlds. Um, but at a point I actually had something similar to, you know, how Simone Biles at the Olympics was calling it the twisties. So, um, I had something similar to that. I just, I, I didn't know where I was in twisters and I couldn't score out at the right time. And, um, I remember when I got here, um, I was trying to learn some new twisters and I was really scared. And, and Mike kind of looked at me and was like, why are you thinking about what you did when you're 12? Like you are such a different diver than you were when you're 12. And I think that just thinking about that was really important. How you need to think how far you've come in the sport from this moment that you're, that you're worrying about. It's, it's, it's very, it, it's not realistic to, to be worried about something that happened when you were so young in the sport and um, instead just being confident in, in what you're doing now and what your coach is making you do. Um, so that's kind of something that's, that's carried with me um, for the, for this half of my diving career. That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. Um, you know, before we, before I ask you my last question, my next to last question that we started asking athletes, we asked um, Jacob Seiler last time is what advice would you give to young athletes listening right now? Um, the biggest advice that I would give to young athletes, like very young in the sport is just to enjoy it and, and develop a, a great love for the sport. Have fun, have fun with your friends and just enjoy um, flipping and, and enjoy meeting so many great people in the sport. I think that a lot of times when you're young, you try to set these really big goals for yourself and put a lot of pressure on yourself and it's not needed. I think that um, what's important is just to have fun with it. And then um, when you get a little bit older and you're, you're kind of starting to, to make some goals for yourself, set those goals high. Um, I think that it's really important to, to not sell yourself short and, and to set your goals high and then um, kind of just work hard every day to get there. Um, cause I think sometimes if you, if you set your goals a little short, you might not work as hard because you're, you're kind of like, well, I think I can attain that without, without doing that next level that I need to do. So, um, for me, I, I knew that I kind of, I wanted to make that Olympic team and, um, that was my goal every day in practice. And, and I saw what it took to get there. I saw what Mike was doing in practice. I saw what James was doing in practice. So, um, that kind of brings me to something else, which is just to, to develop role models and, and look at those people who are where you want to be and see what they're doing and see what it took for them to get where they are. Um, I think that that's really important. That's, that's 10 out of 10. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope so many young athletes listen to this and take that to heart. And then uh, my last question for you is who would you like to hear us interview next? Who would motivate you to want to listen to another episode of this? Um, Jess Parado, because 
she is my teammate and one of my best friends. And I like listening to what she has to say because I've been learning for her for so long and I'm still learning more about what it took for her to get where she is today every single day. So she's very interesting. All right. She's, we're going to message her tonight then. All right. I love that. Yeah. We, <laughs> we need a lot more uh, ladies to come on this podcast yeah. anyway. So I'm really, really happy that you mentioned her name. Yeah. Um, before, bef- before we get out of here, I had a coach email the diving pod looking for a, just a hiring position. Uh, University of Wisconsin Whitewater. If you're interested, go check out their website. Feel free. Um, but uh, for now, we'll just hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our Gmail is the diving pod at gmail.com. Uh, just wanted to thank Andrew for coming on. We, uh, we, we, we have a huge list of potential home runs to get on the podcast and you are right at the top of that list. Love watching you dive, love uh, the progression and, and hopefully this is just a sign of amazing big things to come. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, you got it. Don't forget to order t-shirts on cowingrobards.com and uh, we'll see you next time.